The NFL's opening week was action-packed, and fans, it's just getting started. Get ready for week two of touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins with the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Want even more action? Then get in on the experience, the thrill of the DraftKings early win promotion. It's simple. This Sunday, bet on any NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10, at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team ends up losing. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use that promo code AOD to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code AOD only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply if you or someone you know has a gambling problem. Crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER in Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, or Wyoming. 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona or 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado or New Hampshire. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 877-HOPE-NY in New York. OPGR.org in Oregon. Call text Tennessee Redline at 1-800-889-9789 or 1-888-532 to 3,500 in Virginia. Welcome to our GSP Ace of the Day segment presented by DraftKings. Now, some of you may already be wondering, hmm, he's not quite as loud, not quite as seemingly enthusiastic as he usually is heading into these Ace of the Day segments. Well, listeners, I promise it's not because I'm not encouraged when looking at the board for the next 24 hours in the pro tennis world. No, the reason for my muted tones is because I'm live from another hotel room recording today's show in Los Angeles. So excited to be on the call for T2 this week, one of the streaming services provided by our friends at Tennis Channel. If you're watching all the action on a Samsung TV, might as well tune into that Tennis Channel streaming service T2. We have the opportunity to bounce around a little bit. Yes, we'll lock in on the best match at any given moment, not being shown on Tennis Channel, but we also have the luxury of jumping around around should certain matches heat up throughout the course of the day. And as we look at the next 24 hours, four more tour-level events for all of us professional tennis fans to enjoy next week. We've got the action in Parma, in Tallinn on the women's side, events in Sofia and Seoul on the men's side. So much tennis for us to enjoy. As always, who says the professional tennis season stops after the year's final Grand Slam? Certainly, we don't hear at Cracked Rackets, but to go full circle here, not only did I want to bring up the fact that I'll be on T2 as a humble brag, because you got to throw those in whenever you can, but just wanted to give an alert to all of you listeners. If the hours of all of our podcasts differ compared to usual, you're like, hey, why is this show coming three hours later than it normally does? It's because my schedule is three hours adjusted as I will be on Pacific time for the next two weeks and join the call here on T2. That said, still hoping to have Ace of the Day segments for you, if not every day this week. I know 
we will have them every day next week. And to be honest, I enjoy recording this podcast as part of my routine. It honestly helps me set my schedule, let me know what I need to be watching over the course of the next 24 hours. Hopefully, this segment serves that similar purpose for all of you listeners. Hopefully, you also gain a little bit of insight into all of the matchups happening on any given day. And with that in mind, as we look towards our final day of this week, and I say final day of the week because that's how our friends at DraftKings count it, you look overall, we are 6-4, and four, up 2.31 units overall on the week. Now, of course, all of that action came from last week's events happening in Seoul and Tokyo on the women's side. We had the action in France and San Diego on the men's side, our final bets of the week. We went 1-1 one one on yesterday's show. Got a win in our parlay. Shout out to Ludmilla Samsonova, Brandon Nakashima for covering their two and a half games spreads respectively. Unfortunately, as tight as the first set was between Ekaterina Alexandrova and Yelena Ostapenko, Ostapenko drops that first set 7-6. With all due respect, she went away in set number two. So again, one and one overall, up 0.51 units on yesterday's show that has a six and four overall for our last 10 picks here this week, up 2.31 units throughout last week's events. But as always, it's time to turn the page for another exciting week in the professional tennis world. It is the gift that keeps on giving, right, in tennis. The fact that every week we start afresh, we have a plethora of results to break down, certainly plenty of new storylines emerging. With that said, as always early in the week, I advise caution, particularly when it comes to non-major events. Early in the weeks at majors are a little bit different because we know the fields we have. We're able to approximate to some degree what the conditions are going to play like, but certainly again, Parma, Tallinn, Sofia, Seoul, they're all going to be slightly different as such early on for these smaller events. Always want to get a feel for how the conditions may play. Is it going to be particularly hot at any event? Is the ball bouncing particularly high due to elevation? Is the ball staying low? What, of course, is the mysterious court speed? These are all you know, reasons to be cautious early in the week. Why I want to get a feel for things here on today's show. That said, four events I want to focus on in particular. Parma, Tallinn, Sofia, and Seoul. I've got one ace of the day for all of you heading into tomorrow, and that's because I'm going to count today day's pick on last week's record. So again, six and four up 2.31 units. We're going to end the week in the positives. That's my promise to all of you listeners, given I do only have one ace here today, but I always like those first few days, Monday, Tuesday, maybe even sometimes Wednesday, you get that opportunity to see everyone play at an event for the first time. That way we're well suited for championship weekend, Thursday's round of 16 action to make our moves on the board. Then that said, enough pontificating, enough monologuing. You came here to hear a preview of Monday's action. You came here to hear my pick. So with that in mind, let's get to it. Here is my single GSP ace of the day as we try to get a feel for things this week. It's a three-man money line parlay. And anytime you're putting three money lines on the line, you're just asking yourself to lose that ace that day. You better be extraordinarily certain, let alone on a two-person parlay on a three-leg 
money line parlay, you better feel damn sure about each and every one of your picks. To be honest, I kind of do feel that certain as I look at my ace of the day for the next 24 hours. All three of the matches, next 24 hours. Wow, 24 hours did not come out cleanly of my mouth that first time. So we'll try that again. My one ace of the day for the next 24 hours, a three-person money line parlay. We're going to go Yuri Lechechka, Jack Draper, and Borna Chorich each to win their first round matches. Let's start with, in my opinion, the easiest of the case. And that, of course, is Jack Draper. Draper, the seventh seed this week over in Sofia, of course. It's been a breakout season for the 20-year-old, turns 21 at the end of December. And yet for him this year, 42 and 14 overall. Of course, that a ton of challenger success uh, in that resume. He went 24-4 and four at the challenger level this season, won a couple of titles in Forley, and I mean a couple of titles. He won Forley 2, he won Forley 4, he won Forley 5, he won a challenger in France as well. 24-4, and four, you're ready to compete at the ATP level. And of course, he's already showed his stuff this season. He's 15-9 and nine in ATP main draw matches, semifinals Eastbourne, quarterfinals Winston-Salem, and then, of course, perhaps most impressively, his run to the quarterfinals in Canada, where he knocked out third-seeded Stefano Tsitsipas, 7-5-7-6. Of course, whenever I bring up Jack Draper, I like to bring up this anecdote. What is the favorite two words every tennis coach can hear? Big lefty. That's what we've got in Jack Draper. He's about 6-4, maybe? 6-5, uses that big serve and has so much success behind it. He held He's holding 85.8% of the time this season, 86% at the challenger level, 83.8% at the ATP level. That number above the average of a top 50 player, that number ranks 17th. He's 20 years old, and he's already a top 20 server this year on the ATP Tour. And of course, being in Sofia, uh, certainly the big server, the aggressor is going to be rewarded on an indoor hard court. You look uh, certainly for Draper beyond even though the service skills, what's really impressed this year is his progression as a returner. That backhand is just rock solid now. And I've said this on previous podcasts when discussing Jack Draper. I think the backhand is actually what's going to allow him to be elite moving forward because there are a lot of guys with big first serves, big forehands. I would say Draper moves particularly well for a guy his size. And at his age, he's already so proficient and so willing to move forward to utilize his big first serve to incorporate serve and volley into his game. But how fluid he is on the run, particularly on that backhand wing. Opponents think they can pick on that side because God knows you want to avoid the forehand. And he drives through that backhand so well, whether it's on the run, whether it's hitting a cross court down the line. I don't think there's a glaring hole in Jack Draper's game, which again, to say that about someone who's 20 years old, who's currently sitting at a career high, number 46 in the ATP rankings, there's a reason. He's the seventh seed this week. And look, he's got a very advantageous round one matchup as he's going to take on the Deuce, Dushan Lajevic. Uh, you look for Deuce, 32 years old now, currently sitting at 93 in the rankings. You look for him 24 and 26 overall this season, but 11 and 22 at the ATP level and you know 4 and 10 when he's played on hard courts, perhaps most discouraging if you're a Lajevic fan here this season. The fact that you look for the deuce against top 50 opponents, 7-14 and 14 overall on the year. And with all due respect, Lajevic has been a top, you know, he had a six-year run inside the top 50, maybe even a little bit more, uh, further extended than that. 
eventually those sorts of runs are going to come to an end. And again, 32 years old, Valjevich, a guy who's always relied on the physicality of the strength, I should say, of his serve, of his plus one forehand. Yes, he's stronger out of that backhand corner than you think, but certainly the one-handed backhand susceptible to big serves throughout the course of his career. And even for Lajevic at his peak, you look for him as a returner at the ATP level. He's averaged a break percentage of 20.6%. That's below the average 23.4% of a top 50 player. Draper's a big server taking on a declining Dusan Lajevic, who even at his best wasn't that great of a returner. And again, indoor hard courts. I love the big lefty pressuring the one-handed backhand. You look for Draper in his career against one-handed backhands. And it's tough to say, right, because it's so early in his career. But for what it's worth, Draper 7-0 against one-handed backhands this season. Yeah. That's all I need. We're throwing Jack Draper into the parlay. And look, according to Tennis Abstract, he's a 76.5% favorite. As such, he's minus 450 tomorrow. He needs some help. Thankfully, I think we've got some help for him via our other legs of the parlay. Let's move next to a name perhaps some of you Cracked Rackets fans are less familiar with, but one I believe we've talked fairly frequently about here this season on our shows. I, of course, am referring to the twenty soon-to-be 21-year-old Czech, Yuri Lechechka. Lechechka quietly, one of those young names, you know, he doesn't have the flash of an Alcaraz, of a Sinner, of a Shapovalov, of, and Shapo is around that age folks, by the way. I guess he's a 99er, but, you know, even Nakashima and Korda and Brooksby, they've all gotten more shine than Lechechka, and justifiably so, as they've all been top 50 players, but Lechechka's 63 in the rankings. He was 59 at the start of August, turns 21 years old at the end of November. He's a guy moving forward. He's someone we have to factor in. I got a little loud there. I just caught myself again. Hotel Alex can't afford to get that loud. Don't want to get the noise complaint mid-podcast. The point being, you look for Lechechka. It's been a year of progress for the soon-to-be 21-year-old. He's now 36-25 and 25 overall this season, but I think it's important to divide things into splits. 16-8 and eight at the challenger level, including a run to a title as well as a final, and I believe he's reached the quarterfinals in all but one of of the challengers that he's played this season, excuse me, all but two of the challengers he's played this season, speaks to his progression at that level. Nine and 15 at the ATP level, but you look at the context of those losses. You know, he loses three sets to Tsitsipas, semifinals Rotterdam. Think that's a good loss. Three sets, RBA, Kitzbühel quarterfinals. Think that's a good loss. Kyrgios, you know, six and three on a grass court. No shame in that loss. Three sets against Andre Rublev on the clay in Belgrade. You know, he's gotten good wins over Shapovalov, over Botik Vandesen, Shkulp earlier this season. He's played well. You know, again, don't throw out, don't let that 9-15 and 15 record fool you for Lechechka, who now in his career at the ATP level, see, unfortunately, from time to time, Tennis Abstract incorporates futures results. So you really do just have his 2022 season, I suppose, at the ATP level, because this was his first year, yeah, that he played in an ATP main draw. 9-15, and 7-14, and uh, excuse me, seven and 14 if you don't include Davis Cup. And yet I like his weapons. I like the serve. 
I like the backhand. I like his ability to assert himself, particularly indoor hard courts. I mentioned that Rotterdam run earlier. He is a guy who wants to be on his front foot, hitting the big forehand, moving forward. I like his two-handed backhand, though, as well. And I like him as a returner. You look for him at the challenger level. Broke serve 26.3% of the time this season, 26.9% for his career. That's an above average, you know, that's a top 20 number if translated to top 50 level competition. Of course, you look for him in his career, he's breaking serve 18% of the time at the ATP level, but he's gotten better and better as he's grown more accustomed to the speed. And look, tomorrow he's taking on a guy in Alexander Lazarov, who's number 332 in the world. And you look for Lazarov in his career at the ATP level. This is going to be Lazarov's uh, second, I believe, main draw of his career. He played Sofia, oh no, third main draw, fourth main draw of his career. He got wild card in 2017, qualified in 2019, lost first round to Elbot and Verdasco respectively. He also got another Sofia main draw wild card in 2021, lost 0-3 to Philip Krajinovich. Now in with another wild card here is Lazarov to the Sofia main draw where he will take on Lechechka. You look for Lazarov here this season, 31-15 and 15 overall, but just five and five at the challenger level. So much of his success coming in 25K or 15K level events. And with all due respect to, you know, he did have a recent good run at the moniker challenger making the semifinals there. But, you know, with all due respect to some of the opponents he's beaten, they just don't have the weapons that Lechechka brings point in, point out. That's the difference between a top 100 player and players still competing at the futures and challenger levels. So with all due respect to Lazarov, I just think Lechechka's weapons overwhelm him. And so give me Lechechka, who's a minus 450 favorite, according to our friends at DraftKings, 72.8% favorite, according to the Tennis Abstract forecast. Now, you just parlay Draper Lechechka together. Kind of do-do odds. Minus 204. I don't like that. So that's where our third leg of the parlay comes in. How about Borna Chorch, who's minus 390 tomorrow in Seoul as he takes on Radu Albot now. There's no denying it was a disappointing U.S. Open for Borna Chorch to win the Cincinnati title and, you know, reassert himself back in the mix at the highest levels of the ATP, get himself back in the top 30 and essentially one remarkable run to lose second round in straight sets to Brooksby in the fashion that he did. That was a disappointment for Borna Chorch, who then goes over to Davis Cup and three-set loss to Berrettini, but good wins for him over Mikhail Emer, Francisco Sarundolo. I think he's got his legs back under him. And you look at his opponent tomorrow in Radu Elbot. I know Elbot recently won a challenger, but you look for Elbot here in this 2022 season, 34 and 25 overall against top 50 opponents. He's 0-4. And if you want to extrapolate that to his run over the last three years, Elbot 4-15 and against top 50 opponents since the start of 2020. He just doesn't have the weapons to hurt Chorch with consistently. And while Chorch can get off to slow starts, certainly, um, I just, again, physically, I've really liked what I've seen of Borna Chorch, obviously the Cincinnati title run, but even in Davis Cup, I just think the standard operating level for Chorch is back up where it needs to be for him to be a top 50 player. And I just don't see the recipe for how Elbot's going to hurt him in this matchup. So let's throw Chorch into the mix at minus 390 money line as well for what it's worth. According to Tennis Abstract, Chorch a 78.8% favorite over Elbot. You parlay Lechechka, Draper, Chorch together. 
Minus 115 odds. Now we're talking. And again, we're only going to throw half a unit on it to win 0.43 in return. I may feel dumb if I don't throw the full unit on it and all three of them cruise two comfortable victories. But early in the week, we're getting a feel for the conditions. One ace on three guys I feel fairly confident about from a metric standpoint, from a matchup standpoint. Who screws this up there? I'm sure some of you are thinking Lechechka because you don't know the name as well as anyone else. But, like, I feel pretty good about all three of those names. So let's lock it in. Minus 115, half a unit to win 0.43 in return. Now, just to quickly go through tomorrow's matches happening across the board. Again, uh, action getting started in Seoul in Sofia. I'm going to be on the call, actually, for Camille Mychek, the talented Polish player taking on veteran Ricardus Barankis. My check plus 115. He's the underdog. Barankis minus 145. According to Tennis Abstract, it is actually, uh, no, it is Barankis, 53.6% favorite. No pick for all of you listeners on that one as I'm on the call. Don't want to appear biased in any sort of form, but certainly that's a fun matchup. Ima Ravashka, I have the over two and a half sets in that match. The over 21 and a half games. You can get that at minus 120. That match has three sets written all over it. That's just what Mikhail Emer does, of course, on Tuesday, and it's early Tuesday, if you live here in the United States, you know, this week's France champion Lorenzo Senego gets in action. You've got Fonini, Runa versus Van Reithoven's a really fun matchup. And then for those of you stuck in 2012, perhaps you'll enjoy Verdasco, Basilish, Vili as well. But that's where things start in Sofia over in Seoul. Again, we're rocking and rolling. Halmi Munar taking on Watanuki. You've got Kasmenovic taking on the lucky loser and former All-American at Illinois and friend of the program, Alexander Kovacevic. Keep an eye on that one. Kova's forehand's going to do damage moving forward, regardless of the level. So I think that's a fun matchup. I think uh, Sung Shin Sun, the former World Junior number two, I think he beats San Diego semifinalist Chris O'Connell. He's a plus 155 dog. That match is actually Monday night, and that's probably going to be an ace of the day tomorrow here on this show, and we'll start getting into it. Now this, I'm hoping to record these aces of the day, by the way, around 12.30 p.m. Pacific time tomorrow. So 3.30 p.m. Hopefully you'll all have them for the commute home this week, but just a little schedule update for you. But again, so many good players, so many fun matches. Brooksby, Garone, Mackey, Stevie J, all in action from an American perspective. You've got uh, Nicolas Jari, former top 50 player, big serve, big forehand. His birthday's coming up. I'm pretty sure he's five days younger than me, uh, whatever it may be. Plenty of fun action on the men's side this week. Of course, fun action on the women's side as well. And Things start off rather slow. You've only got three matches over the course of Monday in Parma, at least Monday here in California. You've got Sloan Stevens minus 185 against Magdalena Freak. Freak can get hot. And again, have we seen enough of Sloane Stevens playing consistently well that you're just going to hop on a minus 185 or she's minus three and a half games tomorrow as a game spread. That feels a little rich. I take the over, but that's a stay away for me. Bogdan minus 1100 against Pagosi. That's too much. I take Pagosi plus 600 if I'm just throwing a flyer on a major, major underdog tomorrow. And then Irani Davis over two and a half sets, over 20 and a half games at minus 115. Lock that bad boy in. And then you get plenty of fun ones 
early on Tuesday. We'll get into on tomorrow's aces as well. People like Cerebus Tormo, Trevisan, and you know Zanevska, Bronzetti for us who like to nerd out. But action slowly getting started over in Parma. Of course, the place to be on the women's side this week is Tallinn. Talk about a fun next 24 hours and way to kick off the week. Yeah, Krachikova, the 2021 French Open champ, uh, plus 155. She's a dog against Ayla Tamjanovic. Tamjanovic minus 195 certainly was outstanding at the U.S. Open and has been, has more wins. She's been the better player, higher in the points race than Krachikova this season. Still over two and a half sets in that one. I don't feel too confident on Tamjanovic because Krachikova's best is still better, in my opinion, than Tamjanovic's best, even if it hasn't necessarily seen that best that consistently this season. But Bernarda Pera, third hottest player of the season behind fourth hottest, I should say, goes Sviantek's run. Samsonova's run, Garcia, no, Garcia's run, Samsonova's run, then Bernie P. I mean, talk about a fun matchup. Over two and a half sets in her versus Marta Kostyuk. Please, Kostyuk, a minus 130 favorite pair of plus 105 dog. And then for the nerds, Linda Noskova, former world junior number two, just outside the top 100. She's taken on the former world junior number one, a player a little bit older than her, about two, three years, but Diane Perry, the French woman who has had a mini breakout campaign asserting herself in the top 100 already, a lot of power tennis on display in that one. Certainly the Perry back end you feel like is the biggest liability in the match from a ground stroke perspective. Perry moves a little bit better though than Noskova. So, and I, I like the Perry serve a little bit more as well, just her ability to change up her spots and hit them all well. Keys Golubic, that's a fun match of veterans also. But man, Talene's probably my favorite of all of the four slates. And, you know, again, how healthy is Madison Keys? Because when Keys has been good this year, she's been really, really good. But then when she's been bad, she's been pretty darn bad as well. And so some stability for keys on indoor hardcore surfaces, outdoor hardcore surfaces. The point is this is a, a point in the schedule that should suit her game well. So I want to see a big run from keys here to end this 2022 season. But I mean, again, it's a really fun first 24 hours of the week in the pro tennis world. Of course, we'll be back recapping it all over on our mini break podcast feed where we talk about everything that's happening day in, day out in the tennis world. Of course, a shout out as always to our super producer, Daniel Westoff for the f- of an editing job he does day in, day out, making all of our content possible. Shout out as well to our friends at DraftKings for their support. That's how you say that in making these podcasts possible. With that said, again, single Ace of the day. Give me a Lachechka, Jack Draper, Borna Chorch, Moneyline Parlay, minus 115, half a unit, to win 0.43 with that set for our super producer, Daniel Westoff, our friends at DraftKings. And for all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. May the odds be ever in your favor. Good luck, everyone. 